Hello and welcome to Pixelfield Podcast, where we talk about tech, design and innovation. I'm Dominic, Chief Designer at Pixelfield and one of your two hosts. And I'm Philip, uh, CEO of Pixelfield. Uh, so what are we going to talk about today, Dominic? Uh, I think we have got there the, the article and some few news. Yeah, let's do a couple of news today. Uh, I think it would be good to keep this the format of this podcast as raw as possible. We'll just keep it flowing as a conversation between us. Um, I would actually start, if you don't mind, with the article that you wrote. I was reading that over over the weekend. Um, yeah, I was really curious. Yeah, I was curious what you think about that because. Yeah, yeah, I, I found it intriguing. Just for people that are listening to us, um, the topic of the article was why, basically, um, why we should test our ideas early on and why people are afraid of it sort of or at least that that is kind of the core of the article right yeah uh yeah the, the reason why we should test ideas i think it's obvious but uh working with a lot of clients throughout the years i've seen the same kind of behavior many times over and over and that's something i described in the article and something i i i, I try to maybe like name the reason for this kind of behavior and uh that's when when the entrepreneur really doesn't want to try try out the ideas on like real users and real people and gather as much as feedback as possible so have you ever encountered something like that yeah definitely i i i mean this is a problem that i deal with quite regularly um especially when doing like design sprints and mvps and that kind of stuff because it is a like, very popular topic that everybody is talking about, right? With agile methodologies and everything. Everybody always talks about, yeah, let's make it as quickly as possible. Let's get, get in front of the users. But what happens most of the time with clients is that they sort of get scared and they get to the point of like, oh, no, it's not ready yet. We have to like make it more polished. We have to make it yeah. more perfect. And it's like really, really hard for some people to really get to that mindset of yeah no it doesn't matter like we have to do something and get it out yeah i think i i find like several reasons why people might be doing this and i think that just like being afraid that it's not going to be perfect is not the main one actually mm -hmm. and uh, i i think it really differs it depends what kind of project it is and if it's like mm. a startup of a big company but uh, I couldn't really wrap my head around it for, for like a really long time because I just really didn't get it. And what I found out is, okay, some people just are afraid that it's not going to work out great. And if you, as I said in the article, if you invest so much of your time and money, of course, and mm. maybe hopes into projects uh, that you work on for like months or maybe years thinking about it, then it's obvious that you're afraid and it's like really something that takes a lot of guts to start. But uh, one of the reasons is I think that you just try or maybe some of the entrepreneurs really try to protect their feelings mm -hmm. from being hurt and maybe like the dreams they have just built being shattered because they've already yeah. spent the time, they've already spent the money and if they feel like it's not going to work out well, then the last thing that like is remaining is really the, the, the picture that they've just built in their head that like they're gonna be the next blockades or whatever and everything's just going to be like launched really smoothly and yeah. then yeah and then they're afraid to really come up with the product because they might kind of lose this idea and they don't know what to do next if it if it fails. 
yeah, this is this is really interesting. Like, I was now just thinking about a couple of examples in my head, and I I definitely agree with that. It's it's even though people think that they might be like cold and analytical, there is always that sort of attachment to the project you're working on. In in some in some way, it is your child, right? Um, that you've yeah. seen being born and growing and everything. Um, but I actually think like it might be also on on us as like a, as a suppliers as a partners for for those businessmen and entrepreneurs to kind of help them out realize that kind of being attached to wrong idea is probably like not the way to go. And still, if you validate early on that your idea is wrong, it doesn't need to mean that you're a failure if you're able to pivot and move on to the new better idea, basically. Yeah, exactly. I think like failing really fast is something it's even hard for me. And we, we talked about it a while ago. Yeah. that uh, we do the same thing too. We just come up with some idea and then we cherish it for a while. And uh, instead of like being able to kill it real quick, we just like hold on to it for like weeks and months and discuss yeah. it. So, so that, like everybody has this problem. But I've also find like a group of clients and I don't think it was like, it, it wasn't really like minor percentage of them, but... They, I, I have felt sometimes, and it was really frustrating for us and uh, for me, for the developers working on the project, mm-hmm. that uh, at the client, I, I was sometimes wondering if the client really wants to finish the project and if he really <laughs> wants to succeed <laughs> and if he really wants to launch it, if, if it's not just like him paying for experience, like yeah. <laughs> paying for the right that is interesting and it was like the worst kind of project I've ever worked on because it's like never ending and you know everybody wants to see the project live and wants to see the real, real users there and we want to spend lifetime building something that nobody is going to see in the end and yeah. we are always like invested and want to see it succeed even though uh, it might not but that just happens and uh, we've had a, for example a project we, built, we worked on it for two years almost and with the concept change during during this time, and uh, the, the the design was like redone like twice, I think, or three times maybe. Yeah. And uh, the, until this day, the project is is not running. We've never seen. But then then we, we we became really friendly with with uh, with the guy who was working on it, and uh, there was like a, like not real problem. Mm-hmm. But uh, then we just we had, we had to be the ones to. To, to end the cooperation because it was just not like going anywhere and I think they're just working on it till these days because uh, the company has like enough resources to, to fund it from yeah. like other from other activities but yeah that took a long time and I really think that the guy was just paying more for like the idea and being able to come and talk about it and work on the project and uh, Talk to his friends about it and yeah. his, his his partners and stuff. This is interesting. Yeah, um, it might be that very often, like some of the founders or, or entrepreneurs are maybe looking, yeah, for some kind of counseling, really, with like agencies. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. I've never thought about that, to be honest, because I, I haven't I haven't experienced something like that really. I think something like this can also emerge with if you don't really have like a clear like mission statement mm-hmm. but if 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 the reason 
because we all do business because we want to be rich and buy a yacht and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not do anything till the end of our lives, of course. But uh, I think m- most entrepreneurs, I-, I hope so, just have like some kind of mission statement, a problem they want to solve, experience, whatever. But uh, there, there's like a group of people that have just that just have this idea of like becoming rich and they just want to be yeah. be successful and that's like the only way on, only thing that's like uh the purpose of the of the business they're starting and if in this case i think you might end up with something like this because you're not very passionate about the product itself or mm-hmm. the, the service or the problem you're solving really because if you really want to solve something then you just need to launch it otherwise you won't get there but if you if you just want to be successful or just think about yourself as a successful entrepreneur and if you want to be like in a tech and building apps and all this stuff, you really do not need to launch that fast because you can still be doing cha- some changes there and improvements and yeah. all this kind of stuff. If you don't really need the money really fast, then uh, you can go like this for a really long time and there is yeah. nothing that will be stopping you. Yeah, this this is really interesting. Uh, I, I mean, th- this is probably the reason why I like design sprints and generally like the MVP kind of approach to to work. Um, because one thing that that I really like that you said is that uh, sometimes like the project owners are not passionate about the project, and I think mm-hmm. with with those kind of services, you can like clearly see that immediately if it's the case and it doesn't cost any of the sites participating in the project like many resources but at the same time i think especially with like big enterprises or maybe companies that are around for a bit longer sometimes it might be that the new kind of new project that uh, you're asked to work on it was created by a founder or or just by necessity or something and it might be even like project number five that they are trying to do and they failed many times before So the managers that are working on it with you are just not enthusiastic about the project because they're like, oh yeah, it's not going to change anything. It's going to go to the bin as as the projects before or something. But if you, as a as a supplier, like really move fast with them, you kind of let them participate in the in the process, and you yeah. put something out super fast, test it with users, and show them real reactions. No matter if the project is going to be a failure or success at that point, I think to see that someone actually used it and had some kind of emotional reaction to it might even help the organization itself to like find the new energy to build new stuff. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that because the the, the worst thing that can happen is like the team working on something for several months and never never the the, the project never seen daylight. So. That like it's it's just modular for everyone on the team, and if it's like as you've said, like project number five, then uh, yeah. then that's that's a complete killer. So yeah, exactly. That's that's why it's important with when you're working on some MVP, just to always have some like concrete outcome that you can work with. You can test it on users. You can just have something to evaluate. Actually, so if you if you end up the project without well, like no no outcome then that's the worst possible ending for it yeah yeah i agree it's also interesting it makes me think about like the different kind of projects and entrepreneurs that we get to work with um usually the bigger the organization the less they know what they actually want um 
startups are usually more like focused and they're like oh yeah like we know we want to this we need to mm-hmm. move fast and, and everything and and it's kind of interesting and I, I think it's always the responsibility lies onto how we define the cooperation right as an agency because we are here to talk from the like agency point of view um yeah. it's kind of our, our responsibility to make sure that the outcomes are always clear and we really make the best use of, of the time as possible yeah, the, the 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 way how we communicate with the client sometimes it's defying for the outcome of the product and if it's going to work or not. So yeah. I, I I can take it as a responsibility, but I'm not sure what you think about if I see a client, if you would see a client who would have this kind of approach, would you cancel the project and tell them they have kind of like a let's say bad approach and they can't proceed in this way and you won't be working on that because sometimes the client really wants to hear your opinion. If if uh, if it's if it's gonna be successful or not, and mm-hmm. it happens to me actually a lot of times when I hear some like new business idea, and they say, "What do you think about it? Is it <laughs> is it worth investing into that?" And uh, mm-hmm. I really really struggle with this sometimes because I want to be as honest as I can, but and but I've seen many projects fail on the other hand, so mm-hmm. it's very difficult to like be completely honest and on the other hand like not to discourage them from doing something that they that might be successful in the end because I don't feel that I'm entitled to say what's gonna work and what's not because <laughs> there's so many like projects that I would like say never going to take off and they did in the end so yeah what's your approach on that yeah I was just thinking about the one meeting that we had together actually with uh, one project like that that was basically a completely new idea and, and I remember they were asking us the same thing and I, mm-hmm. I think it's important to be honest with the client to let them know what you think about the project and, and explain the rationale behind it uh, which I remember we did with, with these guys we basically told them yeah this project is is, is not for us like uh, even like when we judge it like I'm don't really see that value. It's it's worth like mentioning like that we weren't really the target audience of the project, uh, so that made it even like harder. But still, we were like, yeah, we're like not not sure. It might be a good idea, but we're not sure about the approach. Uh, we would probably like, and we recommended them to to validate it somehow, like themselves to talk to friends, talk to people from the industry and everything. But in the end, they wanted to to continue with with us anyway, um, because maybe this is what they were looking for. They just needed someone honest, someone unbiased, someone who's not going to be fighting for the idea, like in a sense of, yeah, that it's my child. Um, because we were able to bring like a kind of fresh and cold approach to the things. So yeah, it might be like, it's probably different project from project, but I think honesty yeah. always, always helps. As cliche yeah, as, it also... might, as it might sound. <laughs> yeah. And maybe like trying to, I think one of our responsibilities when we start a new project is make the client spend, even though it, it might sound weird, just to spend, make it, make the client spend as little as possible on the first product. So what I, when I'm really frustrated and unhappy is when I, when, when, when the client comes with like a very low specification and he says he knows exactly what he needs and then I have to like charge it or or yeah. tell him my opinion because it's it's too late in this stage in this stage when they're not like ready to, to to test the idea or just like start f- with some MVP or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
so this is the kind of project I'm really worried about. And uh, in, in this case, I'm, I, I may be really hesitating to even take the job and yeah. work on the de development because it might end up real bad. And it, it's, it's difficult to work on something that you don't believe in. And our developers, as you know, they're very reluctant to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that's why I think our responsibility is at the first stage of the project, make the client spend as less as possible in the, in the step number one. So we can just really see if, if this idea is going somewhere and then we can go forever, work together for years, let's say, developing the product and making it better. Yeah. But uh, most of the people really like underestimate the value of having the real users in the system mm -hmm. just for the feedback and building community and uh, for the value of the company as well. Because if you have a perfect software with like no users in it, it's completely worthless I th from, from my point of view because yeah. no one cares really. Yeah, this is true. Like if there is a one thing that our listeners should take from this podcast, if there are any entrepreneurs or project owners that are listening to this, like from me, it would be just talk to people, to real people that you think are going to need your product. Because I've seen it so many times and it always surprised me when someone comes in and they have all this like fancy stuff, they have branding, they have deck, they have, they can talk about the idea for, <clears throat> sorry, they can talk about the idea for, for hours. And when I ask them, okay, and what do people think about it? Have you spoken to any of the, of the partners, any of the users? They're like, ah, uh, not yet, because we're not ready for that. And so like, when are you ready? There is, you're not going to be yeah. more ready than you are the minute you get the idea. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah I, that was I wish, the point wish, of the article as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wish to see more of that. Just wanted to say. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and I think that's the reason why yeah. we're doing this show, right? Because we <laughs> want to educate people um, to let to share our experience, to to share all the failures that we've seen. We also contributed to many of the failures. I'm, I'm always open and honest about that. Um, but yeah, next time let's do it better. <laughs> I think that might be the motto. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. What I want to just say, if if uh, someone takes something out of this, is I it, it's super super hard to just let some ideas go. But whenever you find yourself in a situation where you where you keep your thoughts for yourself. And uh, where you become like defensive of those ideas or of the product, and whenever you you find yourself thinking like the users don't understand it, and those users were uh, stupid, whatever they don't understand it, they don't get it, they don't get the idea, then uh, that's when you should know that you have a real problem because they're going, they're the ones that are going to pay for it and. They are the one to judge your idea, not you really. So you should like uh, be working with the people and with the team who is as open as possible. And you can you should encourage this like culture of being open and being able to contribute or criticize, because it's really hard to be to to let someone criticize your idea, your product that you, as you've said, is almost something like your baby. But uh, it's absolutely necessary, so you don't like keep yourself in the bubble of just your 
ideas and wishes and your yeah. pictures of, of yourself. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Don't protect your code. <laughs> protect the people yeah. that are using it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Become Avenger. So, <laughs> I think more of this is going to be in the article itself, but uh, yeah. if you want to, you can check our blog and yeah and we're going to share it in the description of, of this podcast wherever this podcast is okay. going to end up on <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, let's take it the news i'll take a look at the news i think yeah big one We've for me this johnny ive leaves apple oh god yeah <laughs> what's gonna happen with the were company you <laughs> <laughs> were you surprised when you heard that uh i have to admit like i kind of was like when i was thinking about it then I wasn't really after a while, but like when I first read that info, I was like, oh, because like for some reason, when you say Apple, it's probably because of how legendary Steve Jobs uh, left Apple, right? Um, I, I kind of expected to everyone that, that works there from like the head management and from the, from the uh, core people to like stay there until their last days, which obviously there is no need for that. Like why would they? But I wouldn't want to probably to do it. But yeah, it was it was at first surprising to me. What did you think? Well, I don't want to like criticize the products right now, <laughs> but like for, <laughs> for 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 last few weeks or months, I was really frustrated with the updates that were coming out, and uh, I've I've been using iPhone and MacBook for some some time now, and yeah. I was always happy with the product and. What I liked about it most, most was, was, was the design. That's one of the reasons why you buy it, I yeah. think. And uh, of course, you, I, I'm not sure if, if, if he's that well-known as Steve Jobs was, maybe not like in the general public, but I think for us working in tech, he's, he's just as famous as Steve was. Yeah. And um, yeah, so for me, it felt really like the end of one era where like apple stood for for some some uh, like quality or innovations and all this stuff and uh, whenever i kind of doubted if 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 they still like have this kind of potential i always mm. you, you know you always like had those like personal heroes there yeah and you could just like count them that, that i didn't for example like expected a new iPhone not to be anything else but perfect from the design point of view or any products coming out. I was just, you know, it, it always, whenever you tried for the first time, it always felt like great. And yeah. it, there was there was a difference and there still is in, the, in those products on the market right now. There is a difference than from, from the other brands out there. And and I felt like a guarantee though <laughs> he was still working there or he still is. Uh, I always like felt like it's, it's, it has to be something like that. And I think mm. this ended for me or is going to end uh, with him leaving. So yeah. I'm not going to stop liking it. I'm not going to stop using it. But I guess I won't be so thrilled when something new is going to be coming out. And I would be more like... <laughs> Expecting how is it going to turn out? Really, mm -hmm. I, I I won't be so enthusiastic about everything they will they will do. Yeah, and I hope the people that are going to take over, 
are going to stand up to the job, but I think they will. Yeah, I, I was reading quite a lot of articles about about this, uh, saying that basically uh, Johnny wasn't really part of the design team, of like the active design team for quite some time now. He's been more like a symbolic figure in the back and loads of the like new products and things have been made without him, sort of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think time will time will show. I was trying to look up the people. Uh, it's a one one uh, woman and one man that are going to take over design. They're basically going to split um, the kind of Jonas chief designer role into two. One of them is like the hardware design. The second is the software design. I was trying to find something about the people, and obviously they must be super talented and have a really great track of record. But yeah, not many things are known publicly about them. They have no. Um, there are no kind of interviews or significant articles that would that would kind of research what they've been doing. So, yeah, um, time will probably tell. I hope for the best. Uh, I like Apple, um, or to be more precise, I like their products. I'm not really uh, sure if I agree with everything with the, that the company is doing. And yeah, I hope it's going to still be the symbol of great user experience as it was. Um, and I and I really think it it always was like as as you know I've I've switched quite recently to Android uh, I bought the the Pixel 3a because I yeah. really really was happy with the like about the idea of owning like a really budget friendly device I would say for someone like me that works in tech industry and still to get the full experience which I definitely got mm -hmm. uh, but still there are like tiny things in the Android ecosystems that are just not what. I'm used to from iPhone, like everything kind of works there a bit better. And now I sound like a typical Apple sheep, but um, yeah, at the same time, to, to, if, I, if I can like plug in different kind of news, uh, I think Google is trying to catch up with Apple and maybe overtake their seat because they have been doing quite a lot of things recently to kind of match up with the unified iPhone experience. Uh, there is the Android okay. One program, right? That uh, That's basically yeah. the official version of Android that you can get on some devices. That's the one that Pixels are r r running, but there are also a couple of different phones that have this. And quite recently, which we were just talking about before uh, this podcast, was um, the newest update from Google Play Store um, that basically now all the app icons need to have the same shape, um, mm -hmm. which is what uh, Apple was doing for years and that's why it always like look unified and and Android never wanted to do that and now suddenly Google is doing much more of these things. I I think since uh, publishing the material design guidelines which is a couple of years now they have been yeah, like slowly trying ago. to unify everything. Well, yeah, see how it goes for them. Yeah. Uh, of course one of the things they would really have to work on is the vetting process if you want to get it to Google Play because like you can publish anything there right now but uh, maybe that will change too I hope it won't change to the extreme as Apple is right now mm -hmm. where some I've seen some really like useful apps not being approved for like no obvious reason yeah but yeah so um, I, I, re I really wish them the best and I hope it's not going to be such a low to do image of the company maybe for me it it little bit is and it's a bit worrying but see how it turns out yeah apparently Johnny is starting a new company uh, I think it's called Love From uh, it's meant mm -hmm. to be a design company and, and uh, in the official press release they said that 
Love Firm's first client is going to be Apple. So they're apparently going to work together, which I kind of refuse to believe. I don't know, like if they wanted to still work together, I think Johnny would just stay in Apple. He would keep getting the stock options and everything. I don't know. Yeah, on the other hand, how long was he working there, right? I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah, that, that's why Sometimes I kind of refuse to believe that they're going to still work together. I, I think it's more of a just press stunt of like, yeah, don't worry, like he's still going to be around, which in fact he's not. Yeah, I've also heard some rumors that he wasn't like on the on the best terms with the new CEO, mm-hmm. but that's just rumors I've I've read somewhere. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, he already like published, uh, or he doesn't. He didn't publish it. I, I think. Yeah, to go back, it was some uh, journalist from Wall Street Journal that reported this story first that Johnny and. Uh, Steve Apple, as President Trump called him, uh, they weren't at, at, at the best terms together. Um, and then uh, Steve actually um, sent an email to that journalist saying that those are all lies and Apple has always, and he personally has always valued Johnny and he always made sure that Johnny's voice is heard. And and he basically reassured the journalist that uh, Apple is still design first firm. Um, mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I'm I'm not really sure how I feel about that because I, I kind of agree with what you were saying before. Like Apple used to be like very design first and and user experience above everything. But yeah, I, with some of the some of the things that are that are introduced as like completely new things and innovations, like uh, Apple emojis, I don't know how they are called. Even it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like a user experience great the best user experience it more seems like oh yeah let's get kids in so that they spend as much money when they get older as they as they can basically to get kids uh, to the ecosystem which is typical for profit first company and not experience first right i think this also changed during the time when the company gets older and mm. and yeah, that's one of the things I'm worried about because I've seen just those guys guarantee that this isn't going to happen and it's not going to go the way Microsoft went for me when, when they lost all the credit last few years. Yeah. Uh, but I think they're getting back there a bit. I, I like some of the new Microsoft products, mm-hmm. but but still I think they have like, they're really behind with the hardware and the... And, if you, if you take a look at the Google uh, Google Docs and all this stuff, and yeah. compare it to Microsoft Office, so they're trying to catch up again. And, but yeah, but they've suffered a lot, and I'm I'm afraid that this is something that might happen to Apple as well. Mm. But, yeah, but we true. Will see. I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But it's yeah, it's 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 true that like Apple's target audience even changed quite a lot. Uh, last couple of years, I think, or probably a decade or something. Apple used to be like very procreative and then it became more almost like a corporate friendly company, which mm. I, I know some of the ads from Microsoft were making fun of it, right? Because it was like the, the old ads from Apple used to make fun of Microsoft, that Microsoft is the like corporate suit and tie guy and Apple is the cool hip kid uh, that can do all this like new stuff and everything. And, I, and and later, I know, was it Samsung or someone? Someone po- poked fun on Apple for exactly the same thing, that they basically 
became what they what they were uh, fighting against. But as you said, it's probably normal as the company grows older and bigger, which Apple is terribly big, right? It, it's uh, it ha- it's worth I think around like one trillion dollars. Uh, so yeah. yeah, we'll see. It's going to be exciting times. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we'll see. And uh, we've had one more news there. I think it was. Yeah, that, that this has been like a big Shut one first. for me. Uh, I don't know if you know this. Um, there is like a news outlet that's popular. I think it mostly in in US. It's called Quartz. I've sometimes read it, and I know some people follow it here in the UK too. But it's probably biggest in the US. They had an app called Quartz Brief, um, which was basically a chatbot that had presented you with uh, with the news, and you could just mm-hmm. like talk to it and. Uh, you you could like reply to the chatbot if you like that news if you want to see more on some topic or or no and it's it has been like a quite interesting uh, and probably the biggest experiment I've seen in like a news uh, or like editorial space where I remember like using that from time to time as well because yeah it's 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 been like interesting. Do you way. like it? Because I I yeah. have tried it. Did you some time ago? I did not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. That's good. We have a conflict here. No, I I really liked it. For me, it was interesting. Like, I I do like. What, what did you like stuff. about it? Like, it felt curated for me. I, for example, I I stopped using like Instagram and many other f- platforms, especially as now like Instagram, uh, or not now. It's been years. Uh, but how they like change the algorithm to show like rec- so like it, it's I don't know how to explain. But I I basically what I go to go back to quartz. What I like about them was uh, the curation. It felt curated. It felt like um, it felt like talking with you somehow, and like, mm-hmm. hey, what, what what interesting happened in tech or whatever. But even though I probably agree that the execution wasn't perfect, it, it was probably the idea of of Quartz Brief that made me inter- to be interested in it than the execution itself. What I, I don't like personally the chatbots that are very simple and you just like can't really talk to it. Mm. You can't respond. So that's very frustrating for me if you say like this is a chatbot and you have like two options <laughs> that you can go for. Mm. So yeah. that's one thing I really don't like. That's why I don't like most of the Facebook chatbots uh, or the Facebook platform made where you just kind of like choose from like one, two, three, whatever. So mm. I don't like this thing, but mostly I, what I didn't like about it was the fact that you're like shaping your opinions based on this. Mm-hmm. And I already think that like, okay, if you read some tech news there, I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to like go to make some like more serious topics, I always found like if I would just to at least get some like basic overview, if I read some article, then I end up like going to Wikipedia or something else and other resources, yeah. whatever. And I, if I want to really s- just like get something really simple, I end up spending like 20 minutes, 30 minutes just reading, like doing the, like the, 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 the basic reading. So in this case, that would feel even like it's just not trustworthy for me enough. I mm-hmm. think like it's, it, it's, it's not that like complex and... I don't know where the information is getting from and who's writing it, and uh, I can't really compare it to something else if I don't like go out from the application in the end anyway. So if I would just like, 
I'm, I'm afraid that someone would like take this kind of the, the, the form of the conversation, like the messenger of conversation, has like some negative kind of connotations for me. Yeah. Right away, because you know we. I, I get it. This might be interesting for some, like maybe younger people, because they are just used to go through everything in their like messenger conversation styles, and um, it might be more easy for them to digest it. Mm-hmm. When we, for example, worked on Storky, on the application for uh, for the young adults, where you just can read basically uh, the, the some stories in the form of messenger conversation. I, I really liked the app, and it was really like well received by the audience on the other hand i still have some doubts if i know you you can't really change that and it's the way it's going to be in the future that people are just going to be communicating in this way but i'm not i'm not sure if it's that good thing i think still it's better if 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 the user in the end takes the book or newspapers whatever than just like going for the simplified form yeah yeah, I, I think yeah. you 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 really got a point there because for me, I was using Quartz and and generally I I read newslets mostly for like tech news and business news and kind of things like from for my work and from the industry. If I want to get like an overview of something that's more political, more that can really affect my life, I usually get this info from Twitter by following uh, specific journalists, and then if I see a tweet or a topic that interests me. I just search more information from more sources and try to create my own image. And you're right that Quartz Brief is probably the dream of spy agencies because it's so easy to bias this, right? And to and to maybe even like shape your opinion on something uh, using the chatbot. Yeah. Because it it for, as I said it for me it felt in a way or like the idea of it felt like talking to a friend about what's happening. So I probably I probably would be one of the people that would be open unwillingly to to get biased and get my opinion skewed that's interesting never thought yeah, about that yeah if yeah if, if if you follow a journalist on twitter and you can you you know the background yeah. you know where they came from their opinions they might be a member of some political party something like that so you can just like filter <laughs> their opinions and maybe like if if you know them personally or maybe just from following, then you know their work and you can see like okay, this guy is thinking this, so maybe it's it's not going to be that hot or whatever. But if you if it if 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 you become like trusting something like this that's very anonymous and you don't know really who is writing the information you're getting. Yeah. And if you if you if if you start trusting this this app and you would start asking questions like, okay, who should <coughs> sorry. Who should I vote vote for, or what should I think about this? Then that might be dangerous, and uh, I think that people of our generation are okay, basically, because we just are used to like working with information on a different level. But uh, maybe the younger generation who are not that used, who don't want to read the book, but they mm. just go for the chat fiction, for example. Yeah, I'm not sure if they can really see the difference there, and if 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 they will be easy to manipulate it in, uh, with, with, with this kind of application. Yeah. So for me, when I see it, I, I'm just looking at the screen style, and for me, it's a bit like chilling to see something like that. Mm-hmm. And if I imagine someone who is just getting, having this as like, like main source of information that's 
that's scary. But yeah, but the concept itself <laughs> is interesting, of course. Yeah, I, I agree um, with all the points. It okay. might be a good, <laughs> good topic for next podcast, right? The ethics of, of the products and, and designing stuff like that, because yeah, everything we create, even, know, even something as, as innocent as, as a kind of short stories app can actually shape the next generation and world around us more than we maybe think when we design it first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if, if maybe if the app was like you said, it, it seemed like well, well created. Mm. Maybe if you if you at least have like some personas there or see like who is writing those responses, who is responsible for this topic yeah. and this kind of stuff that it might be easier for me to believe it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I use like the Google News. I don't know how, how the app is called. <laughs> but uh, when you see like so many different like topics and how easy it is to manipulate someone with just a so just a title and even in the media media you trust then you still find out that if you just like go for the titles and then open it you might get like completely different image of yeah. what's going on yeah yeah so in a world when this is happening with almost all the media we we we, we consume then this seems even more scary for me yeah agreed uh, okay, so I think that's it. Yeah, for shall we end the episode right? there? I think it's this is like a nice closure to it. Thank you guys for listening to us today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you haven't subscribed yet, uh, please do. Also, you can find all the content we talked about on our website, uh, on our blog. So uh, thank you for listening again and uh, see you next time.